0: Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome, or welcome back, to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter three and this is where we'll get started today. I believe that God has a word for every single person in this room. It might be unique to your situation, might be different than others, but no matter where you come in, where you find yourself, if you're a believer in Jesus and you truly want his will to be done in your life, this word is for you and I hope it encourages you, I hope it gives you some patience, <laughs> I, I, I hope that it gives you some perspective to know that whatever you see, despite what you see, God is working and God's moving in your life. Amen. There's not a moment that goes by that God isn't working and God isn't moving. I believe that. You say amen. 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 Let's believe that. To start off in Matthew chapter 3. And it says this. You've heard this before, I'm sure. But it's Palm Sunday, and we're talking about welcoming Jesus. And this isn't probably the scripture that you would use, but I think it works just as well. It says this in Matthew chapter 3. Are we there? Say, I am there. <laughs> Thank you. In those days, John the Baptist came. You ever heard of him? Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, the famous line, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Verse 3. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying in the wilderness... Crying out in the wilderness, crying out in the wilderness, prepare. Everyone say prepare. More lively than that. Prepare. Prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. Do you want to prepare the way for the Lord? Do you want to welcome him in your life, welcome him in your community, welcome him in your family to do what he wants to do? The God of all creation, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, we've been singing about him. I want to welcome him in my life. And not just one time, not just two times. I actually heard somebody say don't welcome the lord anymore and that was very surprising to me. Because there's many times the reason being is because there's many times in your life where let's just be honest you don't wa- welcome the lord in the situation. There's many times when you're sinning and you're giving in to temptation and you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing in essence you're saying the lord is not welcome here. <laughs> So what I would like you to do is every moment that you get, welcome the Lord into the situation. Say amen. Welcome the Lord in your church. Welcome the Lord in your community. It's dangerous not to. And I want to welcome my wife into my life. Even though we're married, I would like her to know that she's welcome here. Dustin, you don't have to welcome her. You're already married to her. You live in the same house. No, I want her to know that that I'm open we have a relationship this is you are welcome even if you know it I want I want you to be sure and we all want that we all want to prepare the way for the Lord and we all like John John's whole goal ministry was to prepare the way for the Lord and I think all of us if you're in this room and you're a believer and you want the Lord's will to be done Your responsibility or your desire should be the same as John is to prepare the way for the Lord. But how we prepare the way for the Lord, God needs to, and a lot of us, all of us, prepare us. Amen? Amen. Because when you're saved, out with the old, in with the new, you're new, but you're, you're, you're being conformed and transformed from the inside out. More and more like Christ. All the more as we see the day approaching. And we, we more from glory to glory into the image of his son. But there's still that old nature that's there and wants to rear its head. There's still things. There's still practices. There's things, uh, triggers in our lives. So all the more... We need prepared by God. Does that trigger anybody? Anybody not want to be prepared? Or, or like, I, I, God, don't prepare me. I don't, when you talk about preparation, I'm a procrastinator. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> All the procrastinators say Amen. Amen. <laughs> Gee, oh my gosh. Were you guys listening to what I said, or you just heard I said say amen and it triggered? I, I said all the. Okay. And then all the people that aren't procrastinators are like you're so judging everyone in this room. I get it. I get it. So, for all the procrastinators, um, did you guys ever learn the secret in college, if you went to college, how to study as a procrastinator? So I told this to the youth and no one really understood and I felt bad because some parents were there and I was like, never mind, don't procrastinate. But one thing I learned is if you study and then, I learned this in psychology, if you take a nap after you study you're more likely to remember it. Like it does the encoding process when you sleep. So like if you're studying the same day as your test, which I did a lot, you like, you, you study for a little bit and then you take a nap and then you wake up and you're like, I remember it so much better now. Anybody else do that? Hey, try it. If you're in college, try it. It works. Or just study ahead of time. That would, that would, that would, that would probably work. <laughs> do you know that God is preparing you? You say, for, for what? You tell me. You tell me. I do want to talk about and differentiate between some things that I feel like God is preparing his church for. God is preparing his individuals for. You see, God was preparing John to prepare the way for God. God's transforming John as he prepares the way for Jesus. John lives in the wilderness. Let's pray. What I pray as we embark on this journey together, talking about preparation, I believe that it was a word from you. And I pray for every person that doesn't understand what you're doing in their life right now. God, that they have promises, that they have hopes, that they have dreams, that they have plans. But maybe they're in the waiting or maybe they're in moments where they just are struggling in tensions. Lord, I pray that we would see you clearly and be open to what you have to say in the name of Jesus say amen. amen amen you know how important preparation is though preparation when it comes to sports when it comes to life when it comes to work is just as important as everything else and i'm sorry the i'm i the way i see things a lot is through sports but i loved the fact in the off season that you could work in such a way that you knew when it was game time, you knew ha- who had put in the work and who didn't. And I'm sure some of you guys in the realm where you're working in the circles that you find yourself, you know who is prepared and who hasn't. But I believe as I look out and I hear conversations, I can't help but think that God is Preparing, God is wanting to do a deep work in a lot of you guys. And I'm here to say, take heart, take heart. God is preparing you. And it's a process. Someone say it's a process. But be open to God's process. John was positioned to lay such a foundation that allowed people to receive from Jesus. John prepared the people. Whoever received John's ministry would then be open to receive Jesus' ministry. You want me to prove it to you? Turn to Luke chapter 7. When I felt like God gave me this message, I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have it all figured out. And I feel like, right, Pastor Tim, that's kind of how it works. God gives you this thought or this idea and you go, well, God, prove it to me in your word. Show me what it is. Because I know that you're not going to say anything to me that doesn't line up with scripture. And you say amen to that. Amen. So it's cool that Luke gives us this account of the same thing. And let's just, where where should we start? Where do I have it? Um, Let's just do 26. Y'all there? I like you reading in your Bibles. So Luke 7, 26. What then did you go out to see? This is Jesus talking talking about John the Baptist a prophet yes I tell you and more than a prophet this is the one about whom it is written see I'm a, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you he will prepare your way before you okay nothing new I tell you among those born of women no one is greater than John but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he verse 29 listen to this I, I I I can't get over this. And when all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged God's way of righteousness. Because, everyone say because, Because. they had been baptized with John's baptism. But, you could say but, but, uh, but since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptized by him, they rejected the plan of God for themselves God's preparation is necessary God's plan and process is necessary so to prepare the way for the Lord God must prepare you and me he must make right not perfectly by His grace, the workings of our heart. He says, I will put a soft heart in you. I will give you the spirit of wisdom and I will write my laws on your heart. And so your response is search me, Lord, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. I think all across the country and across the globe in the church of Christ, there is a preparation going on, a tilling of the soil, a breaking of the ground. And a differentiating spirit what I mean by that is I think the spirit of Christ is coming forth and raising up from the the ground from the ashes whatever you want to call it he's rising up he's sprouting forth but also the deceptive spirits are coming forth like never before and God is preparing his church for such a time as this to stand brighter than ever To stand in the midst of darkness. And we know as we do in the name of Jesus, the darkness will not overcome it. John 1, right? And in God's people, a deep work is happening. A deep, have you noticed it in your life? A a deep work is happening. And we want to yield to it. We don't want to resist it. We don't want to guard our hearts from it. Scripture says to guard your heart above all else, but not from God. Don't guard your heart from God. Be open to God. So as I've had my eyes watching the church and listening to some messages and hearing some things on and on, I feel there's a common theme across a lot of platforms. It's like, all right, it's all right if you haven't seen it yet. He's got you. I know you're not there yet, but he's working. I know you haven't seen the promised land. Anybody else? I know you're you're struggling with depression. But here, I know you're struggling with anxiety. I know the tension is real. I know. uh, Anybody else? (laughs) You guys hear that message? And I, the person of faith that I feel like God's given to me, I struggle with that. I want to hear the message. God heals. God delivers. God has set us free, right? Here's the promised land. Enter into the joy of your master. I want to see it. God, get your glory. Come on. God, come and show up. Show out. Do your thing. Someone say amen. amen. But, but the reality, Right? It's so many. And I'm, I'm thinking when I, when I kind of was uh, thinking about this in my head, I was just like, you know, God, I'm struggling with this. Why? 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 And I, and I really felt like he didn't explain it all to me, but he said, it's preparation. It's preparation. And and I've talked about it, I've tried to articulate it to my wife and Pastor Tim and different things. And you know, the answer their question back is, preparation for what? Well, preparation for it. Whoa, 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 what is it? And I come to you not saying that I have all the answers, but something I want you to know is to take heart in the it, whatever it is in your life, And trust that God is working and he's moving. Yeah, give him praise. He's working and he's moving. And he is and he's working and he's moving. So I want to talk about three types of preparation. Maybe this will help us moving forward. Three types of preparation is how I want to break it down that I believe God is doing in his church. And the first one, this is not from a book or anything else, this is just the easiest way I feel like I could describe it in words was a global preparation. Global preparation, yeah, 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 yeah. The global preparation is for the community of believers to be built up as the bride of Christ for the day God will return for his beautiful bride. The church is being Prepared. There are many, and even in this room, with a deep desire to build the house of the Lord, to prepare the body. There is an unsettling regarding the present condition of the body and a desire to see the beauty revealed again, the beauty revealed, the reverence restored, the glory seen. Amen? Amen. There are people in this room and people listening like David and they say, my house is a house of cedar but the Lord is in a tent and I want to make a house for the Lord that's welcoming, right? I want to care for the house of the Lord. Now, see, see what we do in the church a lot of times is, is we take things from Scripture and we swing the pendulum, right? Because God is not built God is not confined with, with a house of four walls, right? He's wherever, he's wherever, wherever his presence is. There he is. You're outside on the mall. He's there. You're in the restaurant. He's there, right? You get that. But if we're going to call this the house of the Lord, let's steward it as the house of the Lord. Amen? And so we should represent him well in this place. Is that too bad? And I, don't, I, I could have a whole message on this. But there was a time for me, and, and I don't want to put my convictions on you, but sometimes, I have the mic, and sometimes, uh, I was at a Pirates game. There you go, Pastor Tim, Pirates, here you go. Everyone, yay, Pirates, whatever. Pirates. They lost. It was, it was the Red Sox. It was a close game. You guys tried. <laughs> you guys tried, but it was cool. It was, it was a good game. But, but one thing I noticed and you, was, you ever been to an MLB game? Um, you know the reverence for the field? You ever been there? I mean, they got the field covered. I mean, no one's stepping on the lines. No one's stepping on the dirt. And they got every person doing their part prepping for these guys that make millions, but they're just guys. And it's this beautiful stadium. It's majestic. You ever been to the Pirates Stadium? It is beautiful. I mean, they got one thing going for them. (laughs) I don't even watch baseball, but you guys are laughing, so I guess it works. Um, But the way they took care of it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about the way I take care of God's house. And it doesn't even touch the surface of the way they take care of that stadium. You know what I mean? I mean, they got it. They, and every person is doing their part. And I thought, I wish the church came and learned from this. I, I did. And I think there are people... Because there were people all through Scripture that had this desire to prepare for the house of the Lord. Jesus says foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. May the Lord Jesus not say that about us. May we welcome Jesus in our midst. May we create a place where Jesus is honored where the things we say about him is honorable and how we honor him too is how we talk about other people because they are his and they are his sons they are his daughters and we steward his body that way so Lord you have a place to come and find your rest you have a place to work And if it be nowhere else, may it be at LOH. Lord, this is the place where you can heal. This is the place where you can set people free of bondage, of chains, of strongholds that have held their life, of of generational curses that have been on their life that in the name of Jesus, in this room, it can break off by the blood of the lamb, amen? So that's global preparation. And then, of course, there's individual preparation, which to me, as learning in this, what I feel is both circumstantial and continual. There is a preparation for a specific promise to you, and then there's a preparation for a legacy. And good news, this preparation doesn't stop. Circumstantial preparation, next slide, is specific how I just want to look at it. This is not like some biblical text, or I didn't get it from a book or anything. This is circumstantial preparation is specific to where you are in the season of life right now that God is preparing you right now some of you for some specific reason whether it be a, a promise whether it be a job whether it be a direction that he wants you to take he's preparing you right now for this season of life. And then there's another is a continual, which is a continual calling of God that is placed on your life that results in legacy. That is all through your life, he's preparing you in such a way that it leaves a generational impact on those behind you. And some of you, God's preparing you for that. And that does not stop. And some might be in both or all three or a mixture that I know that God has something cir- circumstantial for me. But in that I know that this circumstantial situation will ultimately lead to the continual and will leave a legacy and generation. So, so they're, they're connected. The link is there. Again, circumstantial has an effect on the continual because it can leave a legacy. So what you do in the short terms has eternal effects as well. They're all connected. Circumstantial varies by circumstance. Continual varies from person to person and global is collective. So where where are you? Do you feel like you're anywhere in that? Do you feel like God's, what do you think? Yes or no? We're none of the above and that's fine. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says when Christ calls a man, this is all of our starting point He bids him come and die. Charles Spurgeon says, whenever God means to make a man great, he always breaks him in pieces first. What is the preparation that you're going through? Have you allowed him? Have you allowed him to go where he wants to go and do what he wants to do in your life? Have you committed yourself on the altar of preparation to do the work God's called you to do? Because there's not one, I said there's not one body part that has no function in the body of Christ. No, not, not one man. I'm sorry, not one. They look different. They have different functions, but not one is without, not one is excluded from the plan of God. So I ask, have you given your life on the altar of preparation? Or how long are you going to resist? Because preparation, what do they say? Work so hard that, work harder than the game, right? Work hard in practice so the game's easy. How about you in your preparation? Have you resisted the hard work? Because there have have been many that have gone before you, that have labored, that have worked so hard for you to be able to be in the situation you're in. They've laid the foundation. Pastor Tim, we've taught, has laid the foundation, and people, bored people, have gone before to lay the foundation. And we are stepping into things that we have not yet labored for but son and daughter young person a generation like mine are we going to just sail and eventually fall and have to return and have to repent or are we gonna take up the mantle come on take up the fire and the anointing and the call of God on our lives and do the hard work come on Do the hard work. That there's grace and He has saved you. Done deal, end. Let's not, uh, right? It's, it's finished. But He didn't take you up because He's not done with you. He's got work to do and He wants you a part of it. Come on, He wants you in the work. He wants you in the work. He wants your hands dirty. He wants you to give. In such a way that when you get to heaven, you don't have anything left. Come on, I don't want to sail through it. I don't want, I don't want to. We can. It's easy to do. It's easy to go through the motions. It's our natural bent. Uh, what did I share? I've been sharing some workout videos. God forgive me. <laughs> when I said our mind, it's Tyler's fault. Our, our mind wants mediocrity, don't listen to your mind. Our mind wants you to hit the snooze button. Hmm. Your flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. Put that man down. I beat my body. What does Paul say? Come on. Beat it into submission. No, but seriously, like, I'm not wanting to put a heavy weight on you. Come to me, all you who labor and all you who work, and you'll find what? Rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Get that. But you won't ever find rest if you're not doing the will of God. (laughs) Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God. My sustenance, my sustaining power, my satisfaction doesn't come in anything other than me living in the will of God. And so we can talk about it. We can say the great scriptures and we can put the podcast out and people be encouraged by living in sin and living in a life that doesn't honor God and doesn't please God. And we're not helping anybody. We're not. But if you come to him, you lay all your weight, all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame at his feet. And you know what? He doesn't require some big long speech doesn't require anything like that. He said, all right, come on, son. Let's get to work. All right, come on, son. Don't you want to? Don't you want to do like something for God? Don't you want to just give your life for the king of all kings and get to the end? And he says, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, and I'll entrust you with much. And then you get to the end, and he says, Well done. What else matters yeah. than well done? What else? God, I'm going to resist because, well, because why? Because they might be uncomfortable. Matthew 3:2 Repent. Change your mind about God, about your preconceived ideas, about what he's doing and the enemy's lies, and repent and know that the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's come near. So, how do we know? That we are in a type of preparation. Well, if you don't know by now, maybe this will help. These are just a few. If there's more, maybe, maybe share them with me. What you feel like, hey, you didn't touch on this. Just let me know. Message me or something. Um. Yeah. Types of preparations and scenario in your U Version Bible app, um, we have all the notes there, and sometimes we have special notes in the U Version Bible app that our friend Tim Scowles puts in there, so you can follow along that way as well. But some types of preparation scenarios are this: the one is holy discontentment. Are you getting anything today? Say yes. Yes. If you're not, say no. (laughs) Does anyone ever do that? That's like scary. I was like, even as I was saying, I was like, please don't say no. (laughs) Please don't say no. (laughs) Okay. That's pretty bold. So. (laughs) That's good. No, that's good. I like, I like, I like that. Um, One is holy discontentment. A Preparation scenario number one. You're in a holy discontentment. What do I mean by that? In other words, you are content in the work of Christ, obeying him, following his voice, but you have this unsettling hunger, desire for him to move and move in your life and get glory. It's unsettling to you. And perhaps... Your vision is so far beyond, it it affects how you live today because, because what you've seen doesn't line up with what's going on right now. And this is a constant struggle for you. And what I want you to know is he's preparing you keep walking. Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 5, for those who hunger and thirst, for those who hungered and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So keep hungering. Keep thirsting. Hmm. He's placed that in your heart. He's preparing you. Number two is habit habit orientation. It's just, what, just what I feel like God's laid on my heart and these people you feel the need to create rhythms that honor the lord by your by the discipline of your life like i said everybody's everybody's different but some feel this i feel this huge necessity. It's It's a need to create rhythms that honor the Lord by the discipline of my life. In other words, there's a process of creating habits to become more like the person, follower, apprentice of Jesus that you want to become. It's, it's you're stewarding your time better, your schedule uh, uh, through devotions, word, and prayer, through giving, through service, through community. God's placed that in your heart. He's ordering your steps. He's preparing you. He's preparing you. A challenge for you I'd like you to do if this is just for you. You're just starting out. There's this uh, cool book that I read. I don't even know if it, I don't think it's a Christian book, but Atomic Habits. By James Clear and what he challenges you to do is do a two-minute drill so these these things well first what he does t- what he wants you to do is this is kind of scary for some of us goalkeepers but throw away the goal and fall in love with the process throw big because we can be big dreamers and we want God to do this and that but even if you end up getting to the goal then what right But if you fall in love with the process of becoming something or someone and I thought of course we want to be more like Jesus and Jesus is I guess the goal but hey kind of throw that goal (laughs) out the window but we want to be more like him. So we set our lives in progression this way and so what James Clear challenges us to do is to start two minutes with something. What's your desire? Two minutes. Two minutes of prayer. Two minutes of reading the word, two minutes a day, and just continue that. And just something that's easy, something that's doable. And um, watch, watch God change it and grow it. So, um, yeah, for you, if you feel like that, I, I want my life to have habits that steward the Lord. Number three, this person, God is, God is preparing. Um, and i'm not i'm not when i say god is preparing whether he's doing it or not i'm not one to say that i don't i don't know where it comes from what i know is that god is the master orchestrator right right he's the master orchestrator so and we have free will we have choice Yes, I believe so. And not everything happens the way God wants it to happen. Maybe, it's, maybe that's just the personal thing. But, but in the end it will. And he's the master orchestrator even in the things that we wish didn't happen. Even in the dumb choices we made, no matter where you are, he's the master orchestrator. And he can masterfully orchestrate the things for good. To him be the glory. So when I say this, you're going through this preparation, I'm not saying God's the one doing it. I'm not saying that. I'm never going to say that because I know that he's good. I know that he's for you. I know when you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a snake. Come on, somebody. I know his heart. I know he's, uh, come on, I know, I know, don't you? Don't you? So I'm not going to say that God, when it's harmful to his children, when it hurts, and it hurts, and some seasons hurt, And life hurts. I'm not going to say it. But what I'm saying is in the midst of hell, in the midst of death, in the midst of things you don't understand, that God, if you allow him, can still orchestrate it for good. Give him praise. Give him praise. (laughs) Only he can. Only he can. All that setup set up number three is you're seeing unhealthy fruit come up in your life maybe he is but it's like an ex- it's like an exposure sprouting forth anxiety depression fear worry Again, it's not that he's causing it, but within the preparation and the molding, something you realize is in a state of dysfunction. Priorities or rhythms or mindsets, they aren't ordered correctly or in the manner God intends, but by his spirit, we have the power to demolish strongholds. And we are learning how, someone say learning. learning. We. Are, one more time, Learning. learning. I want it loud back at me, okay? Learning how to demolish strongholds. We are learning how. How do you learn how? Well, you get exposed to a stronghold. And it's in your life and you develop. Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content. Not I've given it, I've I've learned, I've learned, I've developed by experience and we we learn how to demolish strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10. But with intentionality of thought. 2 Corinthians 10. Take every thought captive and make it surrender to Christ. And then the fourth... The fourth preparation scenario. And this was hard for me to put on here. Of course it was. Is if you're under demonic attack. And it doesn't make sense. Oftentimes demonic attack does not make sense. And the only thing that makes sense about it is that it doesn't make sense. The fear, the overwhelming sensation, the weight, the heaviness, the desire to run, the desire to quit and give up and give in, to end it is a demonic attack on your life. And there's a reason because God is not done with you. And there's something on your life that you have to steward and don't give up. Don't Give in. You see, in Matthew chapter 4, when our Lord Jesus was being prepared for his ministry, he came under great demonic attack. You can turn there if you'd like to. This is right after we talk about John preparing the way for the Lord and he baptizes Jesus. And he says that this man that he's baptizing, he's not worthy to untie his shoes. That he will come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he will burn up the chaff. He will burn up what doesn't belong, what's unnecessary and unhelpful and unholy. He will burn it up in preparation. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, well right before it, his father breaks through heaven breaks through the scene and you see a dove symbolizing the Holy Spirit and he says, this Jesus is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, right? And then right after that in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is then led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I don't get it. I don't get it either. After he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry, go figure, thanks for adding that Matthew, yeah, I bet he was, Uh, then the tempter approached him and said, if you are, right, you've heard messages, right, he already challenges his identity, right, right then, right after God said it, you ever been there? You ever been there? I have. Right when I hear the word from God and you leave and the enemy takes the seed. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. I'm getting somewhere with this. Let's keep reading. Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan. Go away, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then... The devil left him. Then the devil left him, but... I've heard a lot of, I've heard messages. Have you heard a lot of messages on this? I've heard a lot of messages on this, but... I've actually heard people say, see, he would give them, see, the enemy, the enemy has the world and everything, and he would give them, and I don't think that's true. What the enemy is doing here, and this is what he does to you, the same thing. He attacks the very promise of God on your life. He goes directly to it. goes directly to it. And when you know it, and it oftentimes it's not in the flesh, it's not manifest yet. So you, you struggle with it and he'll bring... The words of God over your life, meant for your life, up to the surface to tempt you, to entice you, to where is where is your God? See, if you tell these stones to become bread, Jesus is the bread of life. He's the bread of the face, bread of the presence. When he talks about Psalm 91, Jesus is Psalm 91. It's about him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess. You're not running this game, devil. That's a promise for Jesus. And Jesus doesn't, Jesus is holding on to that promise. But that's what the, the enemy does the same thing to you when you're holding on to a promise, when you're standing by faith and God's giving you sight, God's giving you faith and giving you vision, the enemy will attack that very word of God. So you gotta know he's coming against it. He's coming against it. See, what we do oftentimes though is, is we get a word of God and and this is not all the time we wanna act on it right, but sometimes there's a time frame between when we hear the word of God and when we see it manifest. And in between that, the tempter can come and try to get you to doubt, try to get you to worry, try to get you to fear. And in between that tension of preparing for that circumstantial thing that God wants to do in your life and he told you, so stand on it. He told you the enemy will come against in the meantime. And he will try to tear you down. He'll try to get you to doubt that word of God that he just spoke to you about. He just told you. So stand on it. Is that good or what? That's good. That's good. That's good. Amen. It's good. It's good. Where are you in one of those? Is he preparing you in a way? One of those? Can we all stand and let's let's worship. Let's let's respond. It's Palm Sunday. I think we're called to worship today. But I want to give you a few ways of response to leave. If that works for you. Jesus, I want you to do whatever you want. Amen? Amen? Do you want him to do whatever he wants in your life? Yes. Whatever he wants. Yes. When Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, as a humble king on that palm Sunday, I guess it was a Sunday. I don't know. Do they, they say that? Maybe that Palm Sunday and people worshipped and they said Hosanna to God in the highest and they worshipped him It's wonderful It's beautiful And I pray that we never stop worshiping him because if, if we don't, the rocks will. And the rocks ain't going to cry out for me. But the next week they crucified him. Those that worship, those that welcomed him. Because what Jesus did when he came in They welcomed him, they laid all the palm branches down, they laid their coats down in honor and submission. Then he went into the temple and he overturned the tables. That's what Jesus does a lot. He ruins things. (laughs) He ruins things but it's the best thing for him to do. I mean, have you been with yourself long enough where you want less of yourself? (laughs) I have, and I want more of Jesus. And I don't wanna be like the people of Israel that welcomed him with their lips and their worship, but their hearts were far from him and they didn't let him go deep and they didn't let him overturn the tables and they did whatever it is in your life. I pray that you wouldn't push back, that you wouldn't resist what the Lord is trying to say, what the Lord is trying to do to you today. I pray that you would welcome him, but know that God desires to do something deeper than then a Sunday morning, one hour. We're pushing two hours now. And that's not what I meant by that. More than an hour and a half, two hours. The Lord wants to do a deeper work. He wants your whole life. And he came so that you might have life and life more abundantly. And the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He still does. You gotta know it. You got to know it. Don't give in to the enticement of hell. (sighs) It's not enough just to worship Him on Palm Sunday like the others. Lord, help us to realize that you have a desire beyond the Sunday for us to go deep and for you to prepare us and to continue to prepare us to that day when we see you in full view face to face and you're able to say to us well done good and faithful servant. So in as I finish the three things in the process in your process of growth in the realm of preparation Dustin what are some things maybe I can write down and put into practice one is the importance of seeing him rightly it's so important to see him rightly to know his heart like I mentioned before about the like, I know I don't know all the answers but I know God is for me come on he wants to give me good gifts Come on, I know that he, he loves and he showed his love by on the cross, dying for my sins. I know what my God is like and I want to see you rightly. I know that you love me and that you're for me, but also, also, I know that you're holy. I know that you're on the throne. I know that you're perfect in all your ways. I know you measure the universe by the palm of your hands. I know that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways and so are your thoughts higher than mine. I know that you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. May I remind myself that I don't serve a small God, that my God is bigger than anything and nothing surprises him and nothing is too hard for him. May we see you rightly, Lord." May we see you rightly. And then number two is practice the way. Practice the way. And we're talking about preparation. Practice the way. Practice the way. Scripture says you've forgotten your first love. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to pray about it. You're supposed to do the things you did at first. Do the things you did at first, practice the way, commit to the way of the Lord, lay aside the goal and and give in to the process, give in to the system of preparation that God wants to do. And then number three uh, is the greatest preparation for every man. Number three is the greatest preparation for every man is the cross. Is the cross. And like I said, preparation that God is doing and the preparation he's doing, it might change over time, but it is a continual process until we see him face to face. And same way with the cross. Hold dear to the old rugged cross For at the cross, there is no place for judgment, just clinging. At the cross, there's no offense, no pride, no anxiety, no worry, no fear. He took it all. He took it all arms wide on that tree. The cross is the greatest preparation for every man. Thank you for going first, Jesus. Thank you for showing us the way. God, we want to prepare the way for you every moment that we get. But help us to realize by the way that we do that, God, you are you prepare us. You're working in us. You're, you're moving in us. Help us to trust it. Trust the process. Do what you came to do. Come on, you agree with me, church? Do what you came to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an altar of preparation today in our midst. I pray that you you would take God up on it. You would take God up on it. Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you preparing me for? I want you to do it. I don't want to resist. Forgive me for resisting. I repent and turn from my ways and welcome the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.